You're listening to It's Complicated, doing business during coronavirus, a weekly podcast produced by Atlanta Business Chronicle. I'm Crystal Edmondson. Each week, we'll bring you interviews, information, and insight to empower you during these extraordinary times. This week, how to balance economic development and racial equity. That's the aim of a Miami-based investment firm building a $30 million hotel at one of Atlanta's historically black colleges and universities. So our involvement and extension to supporting the financial aspirations of the school will go beyond just the, the hallways of our hotels. Also, the drastic measure one tech leader wants to take before any other companies announce they're moving to Atlanta. Atlanta is closed until we get this right. We should be negotiating for racial equity when these companies come to town. But before we get to all that, here are three things to keep in mind as we kick off the new work week. First, the Atlanta City Council is expected to vote this week on a controversial bill that would raise taxes on businesses around the Beltline. If approved, the increase would cover a $350 million funding gap to complete the 22-mile loop. Second, the Georgia Department of Labor could begin this week issuing federal pandemic unemployment compensation payments that were extended under the American Rescue Plan. President Biden signed that bill last Thursday. It extends weekly unemployment benefits $300 through September. Third, also on the labor beat, the state unemployment report is set to come out on Thursday, giving a snapshot of the number of jobs added to Georgia's economy in February and how many people are working or still actively looking for a job. Georgia's unemployment rate in January, 5.1 percent. That's higher than it was a year ago, but it's been dropping each month since April. Of course, you can stay up to date with all your local business news. Just log on to our website, atlantabusinesschronicle.com. Last month, Morris Brown College inked a deal with Hilton and the investment firm CGI Merchant Group to build a $30 million hotel and hospitality training complex on its campus. CGI Merchant Group said the deal made good business sense, but that it was also attracted by the potential impact it could make. I spoke with Raul Thomas, founder and CEO of CGI Merchant Group. We start our conversation with the pandemic. After all, its effect on the hospitality sector was the initial catalyst. Uh, we now see an opportunity to buy assets at a relatively good basis from where they were. Um, that That is really what was the catalyst behind us formalizing uh, an institutional approach with Hilton. Um, and we asked Hilton not only to help us in, in designing an amazing hotel, but was there anything that they can do in extending their resource base um, to help develop the curriculum help assist in the educational um, uh, components of the school's requirements uh, for this amazing program that they're, they're launching. So it really was a marriage just not of an investment, which is very, very critical and important, of course, because it's sizable, because you know we have a fiduciary responsibility to ensure that we give our investors returns. But what I'm very, very proud of is the ex- extension that we're making as an organization in mobilizing our partners like Hilton, um, we're, we're establishing an endowment for the purposes of providing uh, financial assistance for the educational requirements of the future stu- students to come to the school. Um, this school has to be viable long term. It has to be sustainable with its growth um, for us to have a thriving and a successful business. So we look at this as a hand-in-hand partnership, which we're very proud of. So our involvement and extension to supporting the financial um, you know, 
aspirations of the school will go beyond just the borders or the hallways of our hotel. Was there any hesitation or trepidation uh, about partnering with Morris Brown, given you know not being accredited and working towards getting its accreditation back? Was there any was there any hesitation there? We had a really um, you know good footing and understanding locally in the market as to what the challenges were for the school and how um, and what they were doing to turn this around. And then the other part that, that drove me, once we got comfortable with the parties at the table and what the administration was doing, the other part that really excited me is that, you know, I love a challenge. And I saw that this was, if you look all of what's been in the headlines of late, but look where that money has gone. It's gone to Morehouse, Spelman. No knock against that. That's amazing. But, you know, what about the school that's left behind that was forgotten? Um, and that's where we are so excited to make this impact. Because as I said, I think as a result of this, it becomes more transformative. The impact is greater, um, more exponential, more lasting. And then you can't ignore the history of the school. Going back to 1881 and to be part of that history, uh, it, it's something that intrigues me so much that, forgive me for sounding so excited, but I truly am about this project for all those reasons. This is something that we know will be financially successful. But beyond that, the social impact, um, that is a, key, is a key theme to what we are trying to do with our brand. And this is uh, that ESG component, that give back component um, that we are so excited about. And by mobilizing all the resources that we have as an organization and, and just offering it to the school, I think it's going to be transformative. It will be transformative for the school. Um, and uh, we hope the school to have a massive waiting list very soon once this all gets kicked off. When do you foresee maybe construction beginning, and how long might it take? Uh, we are going through all that you know, that final process of getting the design signed off, and uh, we expect the construction to be about 18 to 24 months, and we want to kick this off. Um, you hope that permits and everything in place by the third quarter, no later than the third quarter of this year. The third quarter of this year is when crews could break ground. By the way, Raul says CGI Merchant Group sought local minority-owned firms to build the hotel project. C.D. Moody Construction is the general contractor, and Chasm is the architectural firm. Microsoft recently announced plans to build a 90-acre campus in the West Atlanta neighborhood, Grove Park. Shortly after, Airbnb tapped Atlanta for its new technical hub. Those projects and others have the potential to create jobs and bring investment, but they could also disrupt in-town communities. I spoke with Rodney Sampson, the CEO of Opportunity Hub. The Atlanta native and serial tech entrepreneur and investor shared how to bake equity into economic development. Our talk began with this declaration. Atlanta is closed until we get this right. We got to get our policy in place. We got to get our coalition in place. And we should be negotiating for racial equity when these companies come to town. When I say Atlanta has to get this right, is because we have a historical precedent for strategy, right? And then we have, we have success stories when strategy was implemented. We saw what happened at the Atlanta airport. We saw what happened in city government with black people getting a shot. That had to be negotiated. How do we get the most out of the money, the investment, to make it work for Atlanta to continue to be um, a place for 
you know, people of color who are in the tech sector or entrepreneurs to continue to thrive? Well, listen, something is better than nothing. But but in this case, the something is not enough. Um, I would have asked Microsoft to put up a billion dollars. Why not focus the capital on accelerated reskilling and retraining? Like, it's been proven that you can reskill and retrain, you know, an American, an adult, you know, for $20,000, $25,000 for an entry-level programming job, you know, which is sort of like equivalent to, like, entry-level computer science student coming out of college. You can train them in technical sales. You can train them in cybersecurity. We're doing this. OHUB is doing this right now around the country. So we know it works. So to me, it's, 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 it's so confusing when they negotiate with a tech company and ask for affordable housing. I don't – okay, affordable housing and what else? So what's the solution? One, I think we got to count the cost of creating racial equity, and I don't think people are counting the cost. They don't know the cost. They don't think about the cost. Um, and so they end up just kind of taking what is offered, or maybe that's what they're asking for. And the companies are like, we really want to work with you. We'll give you the $5 million, or we'll give you the $1 million, or what have you. And they're just not asking for enough. The second thing is we've got to hold our elected officials and our chamber. We have to hold them accountable to negotiate in the best interest of the constituents of the city. And so when these tech companies are coming here and they're touring them around and they're showing them and they take them over here and take them to this spot, somebody's got to say, it's great you're coming here. Can we talk about what your company's diversity, equity, and inclusion commitment to anti-racism and to racial equity are here? What, what is your commitment? And then how do we incentivize? Could there be policy? Could there be tax incentives where we incentivize these companies to invest in our startup ecosystem around racial equity or for their impact work, somehow we have to incentivize companies to do right because when left to their own devices, they don't just automatically do right. They have to be held, you know, they have to be held accountable. Um, and we have to give them a model and we have to incentivize that model. Even without that incentivized model, as Rodney puts it, Airbnb says its new Atlanta-based technical hub will tap community partnerships to create pathways for residents to pursue tech careers. The short-term rental app company has relationships with the NAACP, the Russell Innovation Center for Entrepreneurship, and TechBridge, among others. And before we go, here's a virtual event you may want to attend next week. On Thursday, March 25th, Atlanta Business Chronicle will host the Residential Real Estate Outlook. A panel of experts will discuss the future of Atlanta's housing market and answer your questions. You can find out more information about that event and others on our website, atlantabusinesschronicle.com. Just click on the Events tab. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Atlanta Business Chronicles podcast. It's complicated doing business during coronavirus. Thanks for listening. I'm Crystal Edmondson. Stay safe, everybody. Oh,